When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But, he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everybody sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Our top news story this evening, did somebody say just eat? Yes, they did, and that man was Jesus of Nazareth. We have tonight breaking story, and we have got some wonderful interviews lined up. Firstly, we have King Herod, Tetrarch of Galilee and self-styled king. Uh, Herod, have you previously met Jesus? Well, not at this point, no. But I had met a man called John the Baptist, who taught people about God and persuaded them that they needed to turn from doing wrong things and be ready for someone he said was going to come from God. He really, really annoyed me. He told me I shouldn't have married my wife's my brother's wife. I mean, I ask you, the cheek of the man. So, I put him in prison and then had his head cut off. (laughs) Then, from what I heard, someone with a message very like John's was around again. I couldn't work out who it was. Had John come back to life? So, so what did you do about it then, Herod? Well, I really wanted to see this man and find out who he was. I heard he'd healed lots of people. And then I heard he'd provided food for over 5,000 hungry people. I was confused. Was John coming back to haunt me? Or was it someone even greater than John? I was getting worried too that he might become too popular with the ordinary people. And they turn against me. I heard... He was talking about God's kingdom. Well, I am the king. Who is this man? Who indeed. Thank you, Herod. I hope you find the answer to that question. Well, we've managed to secure an interview with somebody who was part of those 5,000. We're going to hear now from Esther, and she shared in that wonderful meal of bread and fish that Jesus produced. Hello, Esther. Lovely to see you. Good morning. Good Good morning. Um, Can you tell us about what happened, please? Well, my family and I had seen Jesus before when he'd been in our town. He told us that God's kingdom was coming 
And then he healed people. He even raised to life the synagogue leader's 12-year-old daughter. We wanted to find out more. So when we heard he was in town again, well, we quickly set off to find him. And we stayed all day because he was teaching us about God. And the way he was healing people really was amazing. But when it got to evening, we realized we were a long way from home. We hadn't got any food. Our tummies were rumbling. It was getting dark. And we didn't know what to do. Then Jesus told his friends to divide us into groups of 50 people. And they started to bring round food. Well, I've never seen so much food in all my life. There was delicious bread and tasty fish, and we all had more than enough to eat. I don't know where it came from, but it certainly gave us enough energy for the journey home. In fact, we needed the walk before we went to bed. (laughs) I don't know what to make of this man. He must have God's power. We'll look forward to next time he's in town. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Esther, for your story. And now, as a final exclusive, we've managed to get one of the inner circle, one of the 12 disciples who've been following Jesus around for, for the last few years or so. And we've got the apostle disciple Philip to come. Hi. I'd, Hello. I wanted, I wanted Thomas, but he wasn't available, so I've got Philip instead. <laughs> uh, Philip, tell us, um, are you able to fill us in on what happened on this day? Yes, thank you. Um, well, the other disciples and I, we were making our way back from our trip across the towns, uh, telling the people the good news about God's kingdom. Um, and we've really seen God's power work there. They've been changing, he's been changing people's lives. Now, look, we were looking for somewhere to rest and talk things over a bit more with Jesus. Um, but the crowds just kept on coming. Um, but Jesus is just so welcoming. He, he welcomed them and he cared for everything that they needed. Um, he never missed an opportunity to talk about the kingdom of God. And as, as Esther said, we, when we got to the end of the day and realized that people were tired and they were hungry, Jesus challenged us to give them some food. Um, and like, look around us, there's, there's nowhere to buy it even if we had the money. Um, all we had were those five small loaves and those two fish that that boy gave to Andrew. It hardly seemed worth bothering. Well over 5,000 people. There's no way we could possibly feed that. But with Jesus, that seemed to be enough. He got us to put people into groups, and he thanked God for the food that he knew, uh, that he knew God would provide. And then he just started sharing it with us to give to the people. And there was plenty for everyone. And then there was an extra 12 baskets. Um, and they were full of leftovers. It was just like we heard God did for, those people, for his people in the Old Testament. And that's when we began to realize that only God can do that. Jesus was demonstrating that he was God's chosen one and teaching us to trust him as well. Excellent, thank you. Well, thank you, Philip. I think we'll definitely be hearing more about who Jesus is over the coming days. You... Okay, well, thank you for coming out to talk to us. Wow. Three real-life exclusive interviews there. But what are we to make of all of this? 
what are we to make of the feeding of the 5,000? A very familiar story, a story that appears in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We know it well. Well, let me illustrate my, my point as we start here. Um, back in 2012, I was living in Spain, uh, in the, the south of Spain, a place called Cadiz. And one day, a lot of strange things started happening. They, had, um, they were getting people dressed up in um, uh, 19th century clothes and kind of reenacting things. They put up all these banners and they cleaned all the, the pavements and the monuments. And all the buses were free for one day. And actually, the reason they were doing all of this was because it was a special celebration of the kind of forming of modern Spain. And the king himself, King Juan Carlos at the time, came to visit Cadiz. It was a royal visit to where I live. That's why it all got kind of spruced up and made to look nice. But if I just looked at it and I FaceTimed my parents or Skyped somebody and said, oh, great news, people. I got a free bus ride today. I've kind of missed the point, haven't I? If I said, oh, they cleaned the monuments today, I've not really got the big idea. The big idea at the time was that the king was here. The king had come. And this is really what our passage today in Luke, uh, the feeding of 5,000, is about. The king has come. And actually, this idea of the kingdom of God, Jesus has been talking about, um, both today and in our previous um, time we were in Luke as well, See that, sent out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And today he welcomed them and spoke to them about the, see it is again there, the kingdom of God. I think this is really what the big idea about today's passage is. That there are many things in the feeding of the 5,000 that are great. We can look at the feeding of the 5,000 and see that Jesus has has power to to feed people. He has power to make food that, that lasts and lasts and there's leftovers. That he cares for the crowd He loves people, he looks after them, he has compassion for when they're struggling. And we can see as well that he uses his disciples to to work with him, to serve him. And all of those points are great. But actually I think they missed the big point, which is this. The king has come, the kingdom of God has come. It's a bit like if I, at that illustration at the start, if I spent all my time getting excited about clean monuments in Spain, I'd miss the point of the king. The king came. That was the real big picture. So the kingdom of God has come. That's the big point that we're seeing here today. But what does it mean, the kingdom of God? Because that's a sort of kind of technical phrase that people like me at the front say and don't explain it. What's that even mean? Well, I'm going to try and do that briefly today. Um, Whenever we have a car journey in my house, we kind of have this fight between which awesome cutlery song we're going to listen to. Uh, Oldest is a particularly big fan of Lift Up Your Voices. Youngest goes for It's a Light and a Hammer. But there's an awesome cutlery song. Uh, called God's people, and it says this in the chorus, God's people, in God's place, under his rule, they will know his blessing. Now, I think that's a good summary of the entire story of the Bible, and actually that's a good summary, I think, of what the word kingdom of God means. God's people, so those who trust God, those who love God and love Jesus, in his place, so with him, both now and forever, under his rule, recognizing Jesus as the boss, following him, worshiping him, And knowing his blessing, knowing the best life now and the best life forever. That's the big thing here today. The kingdom of God has come. So what are we supposed to do with this? Well, actually, I think when you read a Bible story like this, I think often working out what we do is helpful to see the reactions of the people. That's why we had those interviews. They really help us kind of form our response, don't they? Because actually the question from this story is, who is Jesus? 
Who is Jesus? And in fact, actually, that's why I kind of took the passage back to Herod. Herod says this is the I the head of John. Who is this man? Who then is this uh, person I hear such things about? He does not know who Jesus is. And actually, what we get from the reactions of the people and from what we saw in our interviews is a series of different reactions, don't we? If we look at the screen. So there's Herod. There's somebody who sees Jesus as a rival, a, a rival king, someone who can get in the way. I wonder whether maybe we know someone or maybe it's us this morning. Actually, we struggle with Jesus and thinking of him as a rival. We know that Jesus is, is the king. He has power to heal. He's mighty. But actually, we know if we put our trust in him, that means we have to give up things we like. And maybe for some of us today, maybe watching on the live stream as well, Jesus is a rival, somebody who might get in the way of having fun, of getting in the way of all that we want to do in life. Maybe that's you today. Or maybe the reaction like one of the members of the crowd. I'm fairly sure that of that 5,000, there were some that came to trust in Jesus from that. But many, and we know this from, from this story in other parts of the Bible repeated, many didn't come to trust in Jesus They'd seen him feed 5,000, and it was just, well, that's nice. Jesus is powerful. He can do good things. And maybe that's, maybe that's your take on Jesus today. You think, who is Jesus? He, he does good things. He helps me out when I'm struggling. He's like the spiritual equivalent of the phone repair shop, you know. Oh, no, my phone's broken. Who am I going to go to? Phone repair shop. But actually, who thinks about phone repair shops when they don't have a broken phone? No, well, I suppose people that work there, but... We only go there when you need to go there, don't you? And maybe Jesus, for some of us, is like that. He's the person we go to when we need him. But actually, the rest of the time, we don't really bother. But then our final response, the disciples. The disciples that realize that the king has come. They realize that they have to follow. They have to put their trust in him. That the king has come. The kingdom's come. And they go to put their trust in him. And they don't get it right all the time. They fail, they mess up, they don't see things. But we are going to see, as we work through Luke, that actually Peter, just a few verses after this, says, you are the Christ. And that word Christ there is not Jesus' surname, it's a title that means he is the promised king, that the king has come. So I wonder today which one of these people we are. Are we the Herod character, thinking of Jesus as our rival, getting in the way? Are we the crowds that just think of Jesus as the person that helps us out when we need it? Or are we going to take the response of the disciples and trust and follow him? Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for this true story from the Bible. We thank you that Jesus has power to feed, but we thank you that the king has come. We thank you that all who put their trust in Jesus today are part of his kingdom and will be with him forever. Amen.